Crouch. Bind. Set. Joe presents the House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Do you know, sometimes in life, you just have to kick back and say, it's pretty good right now. England, Stuff Ireland are tweaking them on Saturday. Stoke saves the ashes on Sunday. And the band is back together on House of Rugby. How are you, Lord? Very well. Nice Refreshed from a summer break. Um, upset that I didn't make the first couple of shows. Yeah. Just didn't fit in. But wow. I'm glad it, to be little, back. A little bit of Balmoral, a little bit of QE2. Well, little you bit know, of... you've got to keep the family happy. You do. Um, Can I just ask a question? Because you say you missed the first few shows, but I heard it was down to a breakdown in negotiations with Joe because you stipulated, like the rest of your mob, you had to get a private jet everywhere. Is is that right? Or Completely incorrect. You know that. I'm very carbon neutral. I'm a, a train. You're the guy, who, you get, you're the guy who gets neutral? a chauffeur to drive you down here. How do you get actually, carbon neutral? What, you have to get Elton John to offset it? Or that's is true. It, is it? 175 <laughs> he offsets all my stuff as well, which is fine, because it definitely works. So... Fans of Heavy Breathing Nationwide will be absolutely delighted that the trio is reunited once again. The Lord on the left, my left. The man putting the bell into Bellator this week. Bell into Bellin, probably. Bell into Bellin. Um, you broke the internet. Did I? Well, I mean, I mean it's it's along the lines. Wreck-It Ralph. I, I, I call it a small ripple, it. a minor ripple. <clears throat> what, what in God's name are you doing? Um... Can you just explain to the yeah, nice people do who don't say, know what you've been so, what so you've signed I've agreed up to? Um, to fight... Uh, in Bellator, which is uh, kind of a rival to the UFC. It's MMA, well, it's, it's martial arts. Well, it's basically the Vauxhall Conference, if that still exists. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> it's not. It's the Premier League. It's the Champions League. It's, it's like the top 14. Um, and basically, yeah, I've agreed to do it. I think uh, it's very interesting, the reaction, because actually, bizarrely... <laughs> You're right. Sorry. <laughs> John, Johnson's paint trophy. <laughs> Let's be very clear for all those absolute keyboard warriors out there and people keep offering uh-huh. me out. I'm not very good at fighting. I don't think I'm very fucking tough. However, by the time I get into the cage, I'd like to think I'm going to be in a good, in a good What is the time scale? I, I mean, at the moment, it's, it's open-ended, really. To, to, you know, uh, it's when I'm comfortable. Look, I, what are you, you actually... You know Rio Ferdinand was like, I'm yeah, going to become a yeah, boxer. Yeah, yeah. Sponsor. Are you actually going to get no, into the octagon? I, I don't want to be earmarked with, with Flintoff or... Um, Ferdinand, because yeah. you know when when Flintoff fought, it was like he'd never fucking had a fight before in his life. He'd never like he'd never been punched in the face before. So I think, look, what, I'm actually genuinely taking this as seriously as I took I took rugby. I think it's like right. people people keep writing me on social media like, oh, you know, um, if you'd like to come down to my gym, my mate does a bit of judo, my mate does this. I, I've teamed up with guys at London Shoot Fighters who I've known for the last twenty years. They are unbelievably professional, unbelievably ruthless at what they do, and I've already started training, and it's hard. And it's only going to get harder. And, you know, I think for me, the reason I did it was I loved I missed the, the, the structure of, of playing rugby. Uh, I think that I'd done all I could do in rugby, obviously, before I wasn't able to carry on. I would like to go to World Cup. But I think the MMA stuff, it's, it, there's a lot of motivation. A, fear, I think, is probably one of the biggest things. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, people in rugby and rugby fans, they put people on pedestals. They talk about tough people. But Tins will tell you, you know, there's people we've played with that are genuinely tough. Who genuinely quite handy with, with, with you know know what they're doing? We're you picking know. an octagon fifteen. Oh, for yeah. our... exciting! Good. I didn't get the memo, but so <laughs> right. I'm underprepared. I'm my amateur operator. So, and by the way, the stash is available. available. I'm, I'm testing it uh, testing out this evening, um, and I take it really seriously. I think with with you know with shoot fighters, you know, I sat down with the guys before I decided to do it, and there's obviously a lot of kind of talking backwards and forwards. That I want to do it. I want you know. Are you going to be any good? Uh, mate, uh, listen, I will give it the best. I can, and, okay. I, and and I will literally. You know, so, but what have you done so far in terms of? So, so for, the, for for years I've been doing wrestling, bits of jujitsu, um, you know, bits of boxing and everything else like that. I've always done that. I've really enjoyed it. I was going to do the training anyway, and then when the Bellator opportunity came across, I said, you know what? I'd love to test myself. I'd love to see, you know, am I tough? Am I not tough? You know, what what's the story? And I think that all the coaches from from shoot fighters, I sat down with them. I talked to them about it. I said, listen, what what's your vibe? Am I mad? And they felt they felt that there was some some real mileage in it. So I, I've just thrown myself into their hands. You know, I'm already training pretty much three four times a week already. Are you? Um, you know, when by the time I get into the cage, will be dictated by kind of Bellator and by what my coaches at Shoot Vitus say and whether I'm ready. That kind of stuff's out of my hand. It's it, in this world, I've kind of gone back to being kind of an academy player. Really, I'm that, I, I'm do as I'm told. I don't really have much of a you know input. But everything about this was to make sure that I. Uh, you know, go on another journey, really. I think what an exciting chapter. Whatever the result, whatever the impact, I've changed from one sport to another. 
I'm going to uh, go through the process. I'm obviously going to document it. We're all, you know, we're going to talk about all the opportunities that come with it. And I think it's it's a real test because a lot of people think they can fight or think they're tough. And I, the first time I went down to shoot fights, I went with Paul Doran Jones when we were 21. And um, uh, we got put in the cage. The guy said, so got, not 20 years ago. Sorry, 20. <laughs> However, how long ago? How, how long 15, 15 years ago. Five. 36. Or maybe actually, it might have been even earlier. Whatever it was, it was earlier, right? And, and I basically went in there and they said, look, we want to show you about some wrestling, we want to show you about techniques. They put, put me in the um, cage with this 50 kilo guy, right, wrestler, little bloke. And, and they said, right, what we want to do is wrestle him to the floor. So, you know, you're young, full of, full of testosterone, really rate yourself. Young, you know, I think, Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people walk around because they're big, they think they're, they think they're this and that. So I got in there and the bloke... Uh, Got around, took my back, threw me on the floor. I was like, oh, that's a bit embarrassing. So I'm like, we'll, we'll crank it up. No punch, no kicking, just trying to get him down. He then did a, a single leg takedown, pulled me straight to the floor. And I was like, bollocks. Tapped in Dos, who's bigger than me at the time. He's about 120 kgs. And this bloke did a, a double leg takedown, picked him up above his head, 50 kilos, like Dos wore nothing, and just stuffed him <laughs> into the side of the cage like he was a, an envelope in a post box. So the guys called us out and said, listen, you know, this guy's obviously uh, turned out to be an Olympic wrestler, also turned out to be a Chechen freedom fighter. He had three bullet hole scars in him. So he was obviously Cash. hard as nails. Cash. But he was 50 kgs and he just absolutely dished us up. And for me, that was a real eye opener. So, you know, in terms of the way I've conducted myself since, you never know what people know and everything else. So whenever I bump into anyone, I'm very kind of tried to play it down because you don't want to get filled in. So I'm, I'm excited that by the time I get into the, the uh, Oxygen, I will be in a better place. I will have trained. I'll be in great, sh- you know, great shape. I pretty much feel like I'm heading towards some of the best shape of my life already. Really? Yeah, for, just because I'm controlling my own diet, I'm controlling my own training. You know I have a big bugbear with, with rugby clubs and overtraining and just flogging lads and breaking them before the season even starts. I'm pretty much able to do that. And the, the biggest thing with these is these guys that shoot fighters are, are not messing around you know I, I've had a few conversations made a few jokes and has like. anyone hit you yet uh, yeah we've done, some, we've done a few bits of ground and pound stuff <laughs> and everything have you got like a good that. chin I don't know listen in a heavyweight anyone can get well, banged no. out at any single moment anyone well, can get no. chin doing anything so so who was the guy that got done in the MMA the other day with the knee in the do you see that uh, uh, it might be what the UFC one it with his, oh no the um, the wrestler uh, from the UFC um, I can't remember L- literally was two and a half seconds yeah yeah in. yeah he's a uh, uh, it begins with A surname. He's Ben 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 Askren. Askren, Askren yeah. That's it. So he um or something like that, perhaps some keen. Very good producer. He, um, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. I mean that's it. He's a wrestler. He talked it up and got got filled in. So I think for me, the most important thing is this is like an exciting test. It's it's tough. Um lots of people have been amazingly supportive. A lot of morons don't understand, like, you know, including fellow rugby players. So like you're gonna get fucking killed, mate, you're gonna get killed. It's like do you remember Mayweather's first fight? Do you remember Lennox Lewis's first fight? Do you remember fucking Conor McGregor's first fight? Do you remember Ed? No. No. Because it's a progressive process. You know, people are writing the to me The problem going, is you've got the, he- you've got the spotlight <laughs> on you from the start. But listen, I don't care about that. I will, I will work at it as best as I can. I'll be prepared as best as I can. They're not going to fucking stick me in there with Czech Congo and watch me get killed. What's the, what's the point? I haven't gone into it. I've got it to be the best I can be at what I'm doing and to give it a go. And do you know what? It's another fucking story for the after dinner. It's another chapter of the autobiography. <laughs> it's another adventure. Cash and, money. And, I've, you know, and we're I've, taking care of some of the bank accounts. I wrote you know? down a few things. What did you put? Obviously. Bobby Boucher is going to be involved. Yeah, get him fully rested. Get the rope, the rope, the rope, get rope into, He's into brilliant as well. We talked about 50 kilo men who can throw people around. Yeah. That's a um, very good shout. Yeah, the rest, yeah. The rest of the Bobby. I then went, uh, what style are you going to go for? Do you think you're going to be more of a stand-up banger? I think it's obviously pretty early on to kind of talk about what how I'm going to fight. The basic thing is, is whatever the coaches tell me to do. They've obviously looked at it. They obviously see my limitations, see what I can and can't do. So through that process, I'll, I'll, I'll come up with it. But, Talking of limitation, I thought, I thought flexibility could be yeah, an issue. Yeah, but things like that. But if you remember, look, Every time I've done... Submission King, you literally get his heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but, Do you yeah, have a safe that, word? Yeah. <laughs> Don't hurt me. <laughs> no, but I think there's, things, there's two interesting things about it is that, yeah, there are those limitations, but obviously, you know, when I've done this stuff before, you've done this and gone back to rugby. When you're in rugby and you go and say, I used to train with Margot Wells, train whatever else, you're always dictated to by your club. The only physical thing I have to worry about now is learning that stuff. There's no doing that and then trying to apply it to anything. It's just purely that. So when you train at something consistently, you, consistently, you will start to open yeah. up. You will start to be in a, in a better place. You know, where I start now, I'm not fighting next week. You know, it's a progressive process. And the whole idea is for me to, you know, look, it, for, for Bellator, you can understand their kind of reasons for doing it. For mine, it, 
it's because I want to, because I want to test myself, because I was going to do the training anyway. And I think it's an amazing opportunity that if I was going to die, once I've done it, I've pretty much tried to give my hand to everything. They always say every man should prepare for a fight once in his life. I mm. haven't done a lot of no, that. No, you haven't. But, no, no. But you just shoot them with a dueling <laughs> pistol at 50 feet. I tell you, you, <laughs> yeah, you slaps, run them through. Slaps them with a glove. Yeah, slaps them with a glove and runs them through with a, with a, with a right, yeah. sabre he keeps but in his one trousers. one thing you must know, walking track. Uh, do you know what? I, 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 this was something I actually thought about the other day. Mm. I don't know what I would have for that. I don't think house music necessarily lends itself to that, so I might have to find something. Angry. Yeah. Um, angry sounding. But I think as well, you know that, if you, if you also... I imagine... You know, one of the biggest things when you actually get into a fight, and what I've seen from some of the training I've seen from from being, you know, around the sport for a while. I used to do a show with BT all the time, going into interview fighters, training with fighters, and everything else. Was you know, it's it's the calmest person that can keep his composure during kind of any fight that's going to be able to mm. to to go through it. Rudyard Kipling. Yeah, but it's like also, I don't know if it's Mike Tyson who ever said that everyone has a game plan until you get punched in the face. Love that. I mean, look, I, I don't know. Yeah, some, I in all fairness, that. someone squirts you with fucking water in the face. Lose my shit. We got a little bit to learn Wait, in that's that it. department. That's it. But again, I'm not. I'm under. You no, cannot do that. I cannot, sir. cannot do that. Sir. I'm under no illusion that um, that you know it's going to be one of those tough things. That, and I didn't ever wake up when I was younger and said, you know what, I want to be a fighter. I, I, it, I think it's going to be a progression. I just think I'm I'm, I'm going to mentally give it everything I, ca- I can do. And do you know what? We'll see how it goes. What's Chloe made of it? Uh, thinks I'm completely fucking insane. I mean, also, I'd like to talk about all the ex-rugby players and, and current rugby players. Can everyone stop offering me out, please? <laughs> You've had Neil Best and Andy Powell so far. Anyone else? Well, listen, I'm sure you boys are uh, lovely chaps. <laughs> you ain't fucking paying me, so I ain't fighting. <laughs> it's, it's very simple. It's not a thing. I don't... You know, I'm sure it's great, and I'm sure charity's going to raise some money. Charity starts at home, so stop inviting me out. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to fight anyone. I'm doing what my coaches tell me, and, and if they say fight someone, we'll fight someone, but not normally. I'm a lover. You know, I kill people with chat and humour, <laughs> no punches. I'm sure that's going to work in the office. Can you do that in five minutes? We can do it. Just yeah, dancing around, talking to him. I'll tell him one of your best stories, and he'll fucking fall asleep, <laughs> and then I'll knock him out. Perfect. Um, Eddie Jones wants front, front row seats. Yeah, I saw that. I was actually in camp. Will you, will you sort of, I know what, we're going to come on to oh, that. Sorry, sorry. Do you want to get to that now? Or do no. you want to quickly, will you sort Eddie out with some tickets? Listen, I've already spoke to him. Yeah, he's fine. He's good. Can we come along? We're yeah, doing, We're doing a live show. I feel it's going to be like, uh, you know, in Friends, where they sit down to watch watch uh, Monica's bloke, whatever he was called, fight in the ring. Oh, yes. And he Mike, literally- Mike, you know... What? It was um... uh, Owen Farrell sent me the exact thing today, <laughs> so I did. I spoke to everybody John about Favreau. it. John Favreau, producer Jack's having a field day. John Favreau. Yeah. John so, Favreau. so whatever his character's name is, that I spoke to Owen today. I hadn't spoken to him for a while because I knew he was going to be laughing. Are you friends I, again? We've been friends. I know, but but, but, but what after I, be, I, I yeah. kept involved with in social a moment media? Where he, what, said, he was like, please leave me yeah. alone. Wade, he's winning. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was like that. So I texted him going, listen, you stopped laughing yet? And he was like, uh, yeah, and he sent me that picture. And I, I'd, I'd seen that episode, but I couldn't remember it. And Chloe was like, oh, my God, I've had about 10 people send me that about you. <laughs> so she, she's, she's like, look, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and she'll support me. She thinks I'm mad doing, you know, 18 years of, of professional rugby and getting beaten up, then go back into it. I mean, I did a two-hour wrestling session um, the other day and... You know, with big guys, obviously, and mate, by the end of it, my neck and my back—I couldn't walk the next day. Could not walk. And she's like, "I thought you wanted to leave this behind you." And I was like, "But something perverse about it. I quite like it. I quite like it. They're—they're—they're ruthless, these blokes. So when you're doing fitness, it's like they put you in a hole in a body bag, and and you have to keep going and go again and go again. And it's kind of, you know, especially practicing." You know, disciplines like wrestling, like jiu-jitsu, it's a constant repetitive process. Same thing with boxing. Um, you know, and, and it's just, it's hard it, and it's horrible. And, I, you know, but, but it's, it was kind of when I fir- to first turned up for the session, I looked at my stuff and I was like, because I want to get kit sponsored, I want to do this kind of stuff. I'm like, you t- turn up with your school bag, your, your green flash plimp soles, you know, a pair of Saints rugby short. You're like, hold on, I'm a bit underqualified for here. And all these blokes are pulling out all this special gear. So I'm having to like go back to school, get a little pot of Vaseline in my bag for all the stuff. It's, it's... It's mad. It is honestly mad, but I'm probably eight or nine sessions deep at the moment, and uh, and I'm loving it. And it's... I'm really excited. I'm actually excited to follow the journey. It's a it's a journey. Listen, life is a journey. I don't even think it one 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 chance. I think you know some some religions think you're going to come back or something, or this is another opportunity. But I'm pretty certain this is all you get. And then when you die, you're dead, and you ain't coming back. So when someone presented me an opportunity like that, I said, you know what, I'm going to test myself. And do you know what? If I if things didn't go well. I still put my hand up and said, I fucking, I've done it. And, and I always respect those people who do the white-collar boxing or actual professional boxing because there are so many 
uh, keyboard warriors and fucking fake tough guys that it takes a lot to get in and, and actually fight. So even those guys who go in and get battered, they're giving it Curiosity. all. And it's, and, yeah, because and it, it's horrible. Yeah. Most men think they're tough until someone actually knows what they're doing. <laughs> you throw your big right haymaker and a guy slips <laughs> underneath it. You're yeah. like, where's he gone? And he takes your chin. You're like, mm. when you're woken up, you know, with no shoes and belt on you, because you've been left in the street. It's, uh, <sighs> my dear brother-in-law's done three of those at the Boodles Boxing. He's mm. he's and three. <laughs> oh God! Keeps coming back. Stan. Still, keep, just, keep he just keeps rubbing up. Stan. You get there one day, my son. As soon as he gets that win, he's out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Carried out on his shield. Um, remarkable, amazing story. Just, it, but get listen, on, get on, yeah. Would you expect anything less? You know what I mean, no. You weren't ever going to tuck into a pair of slippers and a pipe. Some, do you know what it is? I mean, the DJ, like, I think people say, if I was, uh, and also... How are you going to keep all this, how are you going to keep these plates spinning? Do you know what it is? It's because, because I don't spinning. have to peak every week. Oh, That's right. what people don't understand. It, it's right. completely There's different. another slogan for Hask. I don't have to peak every week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to peak every week. There is, there is don't no, peak every week. Don't peak every week. <laughs> there's like, there's, there's no need to, so, obviously, you know, sometimes DJing's not necessarily a conducive lifestyle to being professional, but... You've got that time and freedom to be able to do it, and and I think for me it's kind of a nice thing. You know, at least I've got now a routine. I'm back with the lads, having chat, albeit not so aggressive as I used to be, because everybody in the entire team can fill me in. Right. If that's the problem, like, do you, you have to work on your trash talk as much as you have to work on your? I'm not really going to go for that. I'm not, not? going to go. Are for you going to be yeah. the nice guy? I just think I don't. I think it'd be so unusual when you sit there. And go, I'm just so happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. So I'd just like to thank Bellator for the take media training from Saints yeah, and but, Wasps into the. I mean, where, you know, we're like Conor McGregor's saying he's going to rip out hearts. That's what children. I mean. But it's like David Hay turning up to a press conference with a T-shirt of a severed head <laughs> and stuff like that. It's like you can't. I think it's Your very mum. weird for us as rugby players to go. You're going to sit down opposite and go. Listen, I'm going to take it. I'm going to. I'm going to bang him out. He's nothing. I'm going to do him. I'd be just be like, well, listen, I think he's a lovely guy and obviously training really hard, really looking forward. Because you can't, it's not in me to mug someone else off, um, you know. Is he going to survive? <laughs> have you ever been offered anything like this? What, have you ever done, you've done skiing and have you, no. done, have you done charity fights? I, I did get asked to do boodles, but I was like, I've just had a new nose. I'm just going to possibly that put that if you'd into have asked the me ring. a bit ago, it might have been a free job for me. <laughs> Straighten it out for me. Um, I, it, 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 does, get... it does intrigue me to do something, but No. I, not I probably wouldn't do it. I, can't. Um, I don't quite have the aspiration. Or the aspiration. <laughs> the aspiration. If you've somehow stumbled across this and you've no idea what it is you're watching or listening, welcome to House of Rugby. <laughs> uh, brought to you by Joe, together with our very good friends at Guinness, this week discussing Bellator, mm. which is fairly standard as this to- uh, show tours. Um, news of a live event, it says on my script. On Tuesday, September the 17th, House of Rugby will be coming live from the Prince in Earl's Court. Right at you. It'll be a World Cup preview. Apparently, I'm going to be there. Tins, Hask, are you confirming you're coming on? I'm 100% there. Are you? That's oh, very good news. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Could tickets... be a live show without me. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know. House of Rugby live at the Prince in Earl's Court, September the 17th. A World Cup preview. Hask, Tins, myself, plus other special guests. Tickets available from 9am on Friday morning. So keep an eye on Joe's social channels for details of how to purchase. And we'll put a link up on the House of Rugby Facebook Facebook group. It says chat Hask with England last week. Do you want to go straight to that now, or do yeah, you want to do. talk Ireland? Get oh, someone's frothing. Someone's frothing at the opportunity frothing to no gloating here. No gloating. No, that's not what happened. Even though, the, 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 yeah, yeah, the, even though the if you do the social media social swipe up media to subscribe was a little frothing. Do you want to, do you want to put, over exaggerate? Do you want to put, that yeah, a just bit. make that very clear that Tins has gone in so hard on the social media clips that it's bound to rouse a few people up. But actually. He, he did something earlier today, and you were you were very yes, very balanced, contrite, weren't you? Balanced, yes, but but balance well, no, doesn't look, sell. Look, they, shows, they, do they, you feel vindicated, or actually, I mean, Joe Schmidt not, came out today and said we were dire. We've got a lot to do. It's not about vindication. It's about it's about the fact that for a while I have seen them very one styled, and unfortunately, people have sort of figured out if they put pressure on them what can they do I thought the 10 who played Byrne isn't it Ross Byrne yeah um, not sure <laughs> he's quite he's up such to it. a tidy player like he's a, <coughs> but, but sort of so, horror afternoon yeah, for him but it's those <clears> things that if you stop Irish forwards going forward but it didn't help to be fair that their lineup was an absolute shambles generally which you don't expect from Ireland and I don't think you'll get it again next this week against uh, against Wales but they just had no go forward. Furlong, I'm not even going to say his first name because we'll go into that thing again. <clears throat> Tad. Uh, Tad. Uh, he just got manhandled. They all got manhandled. It was... Um, and 
So when players say... So the, the argument is that they're a week behind Wales and England on their heavy loading. When yeah, I mean, you've you been can, okay. through that phase, how hard is it to then slip into your boots and, and run out at Twickenham in front of yeah, 80,000? It's, it's still hard. Like if, you, if you are on full, full training, because you just... Gas Feel tank's quite empty, yeah. We did but, that. You know, we, that's in 2015. Went well. You had two um, dire games against the French. Yeah, so that, that, that second French one, we were training all the way through up, still doing uh, something called MAS running, mass running, which is horrific, on the Thursday. And the problem is, uh, you know, even personally about my own career, one of the worst things you can ever do post a game when you haven't played well is go... In my mind, oh well, listen, it was the referee had done that, but, but the thing is, I was a bit tired today, and, and actually, you know, if, if, I, if that, he'd passed that to me, I would have done what you're just making excuses. So if you win, then then you can look to improve. But if you're literally coming out with anything like, oh, you know, I didn't think so and so played well. If he passed that, the rest of the back row hadn't gone well. And I was a bit tired. Everyone thinks you're just talking shit. Yeah. So I tried to always avoid that. And the problem is that in that French game, we were hanging. Is this the one in Paris? Yeah, this the one I in Paris. Oh yeah, terrible. My sips came on and saved the day. Yeah. We were we were we were knackered, but you know you can say all you want. Oh, we're in a heavy loading week, but nobody really cares, especially yeah. diehard fans. Listen, if you watch anything with professional sport, all most fans see is the highlight reel. That's why everyone anyone who scores a try, they think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah. Uh, you know, if someone puts a big hit and it's the best thing ever. But they don't look at the nuances and the bits and pieces. So if you turn around and say, it's heavy loading, they're like, what do you mean heavy loading? My my issue, <coughs> my issues with them from the weekend, Ireland. Defensively, they were shocking. Uh, if you look at their organisation, they just literally either crapped themselves about Mano, which is why Mano, in my opinion, has to play 13. At 13, not 12? He has to play 13. Interesting, because your old centre partner thinks he plays at 12. But Will. but the problem is, if he plays at 12 and he runs those lines, he's generally running into a 7. And 7s will generally make those tackles. Whereas when he's one out wider, he's running at 10, so your 12 is panicking about it. He wants to protect his 10. Um, so That's a very you, good point. I wish I'd had that up the sleeve last week. England opened them up three times from set-piece moves. Obviously, with Cochran throwing in a, a physical threat as well, they they bought, they just bit in on Manu on every dummy line he, he ran. And even when they, you know, from a right-handed scrum where you have the nine on on your as your inside defender, yeah, they still... Is this this is Cochrane Singer's first? Well, actually, I was on the side, so the nine was round. Yeah, uh, Cochrane Singer went through the middle. They all just jumped in, and, oh, yeah. and then they got tight all the time. So for the two tries where they scored in the in the corner, they were tight. Manu's try was a bit fortunate in terms of it went to ground, and it, that was basically the bounce of the ball. But you know how they started with their first try, where they actually gave the ball a bit of air. I was like, ooh, here we go. We might actually throw the ball around a bit, and then they went back to. One out runners, no tip runners, and you know our boys just got in their face and smashed them. Basically, three empty vessels in front of us. I know Murray's not here, but if there's anyone out there listening, he might be able to bring <laughs> yeah. us a Guinness. An SOS, very much appreciated. Um, so, with that in mind, how good were England? How bad were Ireland? Where, where do you draw the line? Oh, is it coming home? Can we all agree that we can rewrite mm. rewrite no, the just, words? Or I think, is, look, is these warm games are brilliant. I think everything. You know, we talked a little bit about it last week's. Show you know, World Cup rugby is is, is completely unique in, in the way it stands for so many factors, not even just how the team are performing. You know, the the, the being away from home, the stress, the intensity, the media scrutiny. It, you know, that can be an issue because you get people who write about stuff that don't normally write about, and that can have a massive factor on how teams perform. But I actually think, you know, England. I went into camp the other day. Um, I was very lucky. I got invited by 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 Eddie, which kind of in a personal experience was almost quite um, cathartic because when it came to watching. Rugby or watching. So, Eddie dropped your text and said, Would you like to come in? No, I've been talking. Look, I talk to him all the time, in, in, you know, as much as you would talk to, to Eddie Jones, you know, the business man in the world. Sort um, of one liners. Yeah, we have, no, we, you know, we have, we have a conversation. He, I was trying to come in and do different things with him throughout, but they, you know, the timetable changes very, very quickly over there. You know, they obviously adapt to see how boys are, you know, they're kind of on the pulse with that stuff. So, I was trying to get in for a while and we spoke and he said, Look, we'd like to come in and take a wait session with the guys, um, you know, pre session because everything's kind of. Uh, factored in and I was like yeah, absolutely I'd, I'd love to um, so I kind of turned up to, to, to Penny Hill the night before um, bit sketchy kind of not so I sort of bumped into kind of Steve Borthwick it was great to see him um, I kind of met the S&C guy We'd, I pre-prepared something we went through it all but they gave me a coach's red polo right so I was wearing Stop. I was wearing four coaches stash but so when I actually saw some of the lads I mean Joe Marlock he could not 
get his head round that I was wearing a coach, uh, like a, a red polo. You're like an old boy going back to school. Well, it was, but the best thing was that all, obviously when I got all the lads around, we take talking about the session. I was like, listen, don't feel like you have to call me coach, but if you don't, <laughs> fucking Eddie's going to drop you. So I was fully milking. I absolutely loved it. But do you know what? For me, the, such a dick. it was a, no, but mate. Listen, if you said that anyone would ever hand me a polo shirt, a red polo, and I'd have any sort of authority, it would be great. You know, respect my authority. You would respect my authority. So you stood up in front of the, the 2019 England Rugby World Cup squad and said, I'm taking you on a skills, uh, on a strength session. No, 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 definitely no. not a skills definitely session. Skills that's, session. Skills. that's what he said. That's what he said. They're like, thank God we're not fucking doing skills. I might not have skills. I've always had a decent rig. Now I'm fucking retired and a load of cash, so don't worry about it. Probably not a lot of cash, but, you know, decent rig at least. I just sort of went... Yeah, how much, how yeah, much are you talking like, here? You literally could buy and sell me. George Ford's laughing, you'll buy and sell me. Yeah. Um, no, I think for me it was quite nice because when it's come to rugby recently, even though we've not been in it, I get a bit down <laughs> watch, like seeing it. You kind of think, oh, you know, I, I wish I was there. I want to be involved. You see the Saints boys training. You kind of want to be in it. But actually for me, it was kind of really nice because I came in, saw A, how fit they were. Great, what an amazing positive Atmosphere they had. Genuinely, that's your strength. Were you there as a sort of a bit of a court jester to kind of, uh, you know, morale officer? Yeah, I think a bit of both. I think a bit of both. <laughs> I took, I tell took... a couple of tales and no, I mean, listen, invite I took... them all out for sappuccino. No, I, took a... I didn't get it because it was quite a kind of fleeting visit. I had to do a charity lunch, do a lot of work for oh, Darry. Didn't want charity. to talk about it. So I had to go in and out. So I st- st- stayed and saw the guys for breakfast, had a real nice kind of catch up. And the thing with you, you go into camp like that, it's every five seconds you're seeing someone you haven't seen. So it's kind of like, man, how are you, brother? It was just really nice for me. Oh, I'm really and, pleased. And, and, I, and, I, and it, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and do you know what the best thing about it was kind of watching the guys A how hard they all seem to be working B what great shape they were in Who, um, who's, who's leading the way who did you think bloody hell I just think all of them I just think all of them look, looked great I thought you know like all, they all look lean they look fit I got I, I had a good chat with kind of the S&C guys who did an amazing job in terms of what they've done with their training I think it was really smart I think you know Eddie and his coach and stuff again as soon as I got there it was like attention to detail you know guys were you know I had some of the forwards for like you know 15 minutes taken through a, a pump session you know just get get feeling good you know the front row come in they swap out they're doing kind of all sorts of different drills in between it was really intense but I really enjoyed it so while they were working hard I was having a chat you know obviously getting stick for being in the polo being stick for being me stick it. for having absolutely no rugby skills all the <clears> kind of usual thing and it was just really enjoyable and one of the people I saw there that I haven't seen for a while was Manu oh yeah fucking hell he looks in great shape like I, I was a standard. I have never ever seen him in such good shape, and I've known really? him since he, he since he first came on the scene. With him, I've been there all the way through. And do you know what? He's leaner as ever been. He looks smaller, smaller in, in as much as man. He looks smaller, but like way leaner. Yeah. Just looked. In fact, he's only 108 kilos. Yeah, yeah, and 60. Yeah, and that's what I mean. So he's, he's gone down there, and he's so clapping um, in New Guineas. Thank sorry. you very much indeed. That's very kind. We'll take out the empties. Thank you. Thanks, that's very mate. kind of you indeed. Thank you, producer to be Ant. <laughs> nice to have you on board. Thanks, Ant. You do a faster than, job than yeah, Muzzle yeah, tries. Well. I hope you do more work. Sai, he's not here again. Sai's on holiday. Okay. Thank you, mate. Permanent holiday. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, I just think it was interesting to look at him and just go body composition wise. Going, oh, mate, you look unbelievable. They've got him into the the best shape. And if he can stay fit, it was interesting because I saw that. Then I was actually at a wedding. I was at Ollie Phillips's wedding um, on Saturday, so I missed part of the game and uh, went to see he got man of the match and how he played. It, the correlation was just quite clear to everyone to see. And I thought, um, you know, back row, what boys, I thought Billy looked brilliant. I thought, yeah. you know, um, you know Tom Curran, Sam Hill, they look great as well. You know, I like their kind of, you know, Stinkler straight to, to Underhill, straight back inside to, to Curry. It was kind of real nice. Marrow's looking real real good. Have you done it again? Yeah, again. That's absolutely on the money. <laughs> splitting the harp so and the Guinness. Zoom, zoom That's three in a row. That is three in a row. Um, but I was really kind of buoyed by the whole thing. So I think, look, England in a great place. Really interesting to see what happens because you don't want to peak too early. You don't want to get in there. Obviously, they got the, the loss against Wales, so there was a few people asking a few questions. To do that to Ireland is pretty mega. Um, albeit whatever stage they're at. But I'm, I'm just excited by the atmosphere. I just felt really, it felt like a really positive place where I've been to other World Cups. I was going to say, comparing bit, it to 2015. Mate, completely different. Completely different. And again, 2011, completely different. I think, you know, Tense. the one thing about Welcome it, to the party. He's uh, back. Has he done it as well? Turn to the camera. Uh, that I give yours as, as a greater... Dissection of the harp and the Guinness. First oh, sip. But t- oh my lord! <laughs> You've gone big. Has gone taken two thirds of the pint um, accidentally. <laughs> you have to split the harp and the Guinness. Tins, I think you win that round. Ooh, Congratulations to you. Sure, you get to but I, but I, I just thought <clears throat> the thing with all the other people is that sometimes when it came 2011, when it came to the World Cup, it was like we made loads of good pr- progress on that tour to Australia, and then 
World Cup pressure does something funny things. So everyone panicked and started yeah. to reinvent it. I remember on our first day, we did six sessions and had run 10K in our first day of pre-season. It's like, what, what are you doing? You know, and it just continued in that vein. 2011, I think, was... 2015 was, again, we talked about last week, so incredibly hard working, incredibly well thought out. The issue was that we, we, we factored in the game plan, selection plan to, to win you know, games that would go on for ages. And we, we spent so much time on fitness, we didn't ever kind of focus as much on rugby as we should have done. We didn't quite get selection right in that aspect. And I, and I think we had a few problems behind that, kind, that weren't addressed. And I think, noticing with Eddie, it's, it looked like everything was such military precision and how well the guys were looking and how yeah. good they are. And then to produce the performance like they did, let's not get carried away, but I, I think they're in a great place. And, I, and I've said, the hardest thing about retiring, and I probably wouldn't have got anywhere near the team, so if all those people are going to remind me, was that I think this is the best chance we've ever had. And I genuinely believe that we could be right up there. But you know, when you get to Japan, things are very different, I think. So what's really interesting, I think, about this squad is that your lot in 03 went into the World Cup as the team to beat, and you were very comfortable with that. That you were the favourites, the front runners. It was you were you were the, you were the number one side. With this England squad, I sort of wonder whether they're looking around and whether they will will look around when they get to the tournament. I think there's no one here who's actually better than us, as opposed to feeling we are the best. It's a sort of it's a different psychology. So yeah. they'll see South Africa and New Zealand. One of them will go down. They'll see Ireland and Scotland. One of them will go down in that opening round. They'll see Wales and Australia, and actually England will then find themselves in a position where. They are watching teams that they've beaten winning games, etc., etc. I, mean, I mean, it does. I don't. It's a question mark whether it suits them their setup in first in the fact that they've got Tonga first, then they've got the USA, and then they move on to France Argentina. and Argentina. Is yeah. it Argentina first or France? I, I think remember. it's France first, then Argentina. So they they sort of working up. Obviously, France demolished Scotland, which and then, but then Scotland beat them yeah, again. I didn't see that, but apparently it was a bit of a snooze fest, average, wasn't it? But. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think they've still got a hard group, which will hopefully put them in good stead. But as Has says, it doesn't really matter how you do in the warm-up games, but you obviously want to go in there with winning more than you've lost. Yeah. You know, you look at Ireland, if they lose to Wales on the weekend, then they're in a real... They're going into the tournament in a shit state, really. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if they can get a win over <clears throat> Wales, especially at the Principality, then you... You're going in there on a high, and you get, you're going to start off. But Sue hit, hit hits the ground running. I think at England's performances, obviously Wales at home was was fantastic and highlights some of the issues I've I've had around Wales in terms of if their defence doesn't stack up, they've got not much else, and England mm. just run over them. Whereas in Cardiff, their defence was off the charts. Yeah, very good. But their their attack was still pretty non-existent and that's my issue around Wales like before you start hating me about it it's just a, an opinion <laughs> but it's not the right opinion because you're not beating yeah, Wales up so well, but no but as I said to anyone who's ever asked is I want a northern hemisphere team to win it so and I but I want a team also that wins it that I like watching yeah. so I don't want to watch so England basically so there's a story stat from England which is in their last Russ Petty who we've given a shout yeah. out to before I actually started following him off the he's, show on the shows I was listening guru. to. But I think his tweet was that in the in eight of the last ten games England have played, they've scored thirty two points or more. In fact it might even be more than that. But basically England have gone full Brazil, which is that they are not Brazilian full Brazil. <laughs> which is however many you score will score more. And I have we've never really had an England team which has been a points machine in that way I think rugby as a general has changed. Yeah. That I think the old adage of when in two thousand three it was like the best defence always wins the World Cup. Yeah. Whereas I don't think that stacks up now. Um, what I was really positive about England and Manu, my issue with around Manu at the end of last season before he got injured for Leicester was his defence was absolutely shocking. So that was the question going into uh, Saturday. And then, but then going into into Saturday and then watching him make the tracks across field on a cold defence, because if you go back to sort of South Africa where we were 30 points up and all we did was just fly up and they just figured out you could get over the top and it was just and then suddenly tries a plenty and yeah. obviously Leicester conceded a shed load last yes yeah, also that factors well I think with is Billy Leroux as well with that because he was when 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 he was playing against England you know when he was playing for Was he used to literally stand because we we tried to spread the, um forwards across the field yeah. he would prime himself waiting for those guys to fly up he'd get the over the ball and he'd either outside break himself or just yeah. lob it over the top so that he's kind of a bit of a, a key to South Africa doing that I think. so so I, I just thought England were in a very good place thought Ireland were poor but I think that mainly comes because their game didn't succeed their kicking game didn't really succeed and then their line outs failed in key points 
but I thought they both went after each other's lineouts, uh, which mm. was good to see. Uh, we came out on top of that. Uh, Marrow was outstanding at the front, and um, and then even though they messed up a few of our lineouts, we always got it back. Uh, but then once we got, we just looked comfortable. And I say set our set piece strikes, whether they'd done homework on what they were going to do, but there was there was a over. phase. I think a, a second half, sort of fifty to. 65 minutes where it honestly just looked like England were going through their playbook they, yeah. they found field position played a set piece move and was just scoring off of everything it was utterly yeah. extraordinary but when it works like that and, you know, and you've got how much of that is down to Ford, the Ford Farrell see I, look, I with that I see I would I still like Manu and Slade but I would just put Slade at 12 Problem is in the Six Nations with with Slade at thirteen and Manu on the inside. I thought Manu ended up getting lost. I know everyone raved about him, but I didn't. I just thought he didn't get the ball where he wants the ball. He wants the ball with people who don't really want to tackle him. Whereas if mm. he's running into forwards, they know that they have to make those tackles, and that's their job to make those tackles. Where if he's running at a ten, like Bundyaki's thinking, well, I've, I've I've got to make sure if he gets the ball, I've got to be able to dive in here and help yeah. him out. And I just think he's far more of a threat. And then Slade has to figure out his way of, of being that second ball player because I think he is slightly, he's a better runner than both Ford and Farrell in the open and mm. quicker and a little bit more elusive. Um, so I, I think that might be a way to, to test out, just swap them around. Or I don't mind if you, or so swap you play, positions. You play Farrell, but, Slade, Manu. Manu. I also quite like it with um, you've got Cock and Singer there as well because normally in the team you've got a couple, kind of one unit and that's playing at France, you know, you've got all these units. But you know, what, what you want is those big units getting your hands on the ball. There's no mm. point. That's why I thought with um, Big T at, at uh, Tank Nyabora, Kelly, Nyabora. Yeah. Nyabora. I was going to say it, all right? Relax. <laughs> Big two. You know, he went to university, Farquhar. Um, and the very fact that, you know, I think he was one of those guys that was waiting on the wing all the time. It's like you want those yeah. guys to go and look for the ball because it's so disruptive that, you know, especially if you've got Manu running lines, you're looking at him and then Joe suddenly appearing on those short balls, those inside balls. You know, when you've got forwards you can tip and play, it, it really unlocks your defence. Yeah. You know, and I always think these big units, you need them You need them looking for the ball and working so hard. You know, I, sat, I sat down with Rory Best at, um, at the Open. But that was fun. He was dropped, actually right. He's such a boy, I love him. Um, and he was saying, because I, I'd obviously... Sort of immediately went in with the defensive. I hope you don't hate me for what I've said about. Ireland. Did he? Did he call it up? Did he, he, no, did he come he, across his radar. Was well, like, I, what are you talking about? He, no, he, <laughs> Great he, um, Thanks, pal. he sort of said, "Yeah, look, we. I think that was a. It was a good eye opener in terms of it allowed Johnny to go to Schmidt and sort of say, look, we need to expand things a, few, a bit.'" So I'm just wondering whether they still might be trying to work on that by hiding it behind closed doors and, and well, waiting. If any coach in world rugby keeps his cards firmly sellotaped to his chest, it would be Joe Schmidt. But he I mean, also, look, what I'm, I'm most surprised about with it, and I think where there's got to be, where you wouldn't count against Ireland, is that asking all the Irish players, Joe Schmidt's attention to detail apparently is... Insane. Off the scale. Off the scale. He's normally, I mean, whenever I've met him, unbelievably uh, nice, polite, really interesting guy. Um, you know, he's had you know, documents on like some family issues and stuff, which must be impossible, you know, which would be so hard to run a, an international team with the level of detail he does and balance your family. So, like, hats <laughs> off to him. I think it's mega. I, I, it's interesting the attention to detail thing that, that stuff like that would happen, and you've got to factor in that actually there is probably stuff going on backwards and forwards, you know. Curry and Underhill. Yeah. Discuss. I think they're a great pairing because, you know, Sam obviously just ends people in, in, that, in that tackle when he's, on, when he's on form and kind of can... They're quite quirky characters. Yeah. Oh so Sam God, apparently yeah. has done a 1,000-piece puzzle of... Yeah, I mean, listen, say Buckingham Palace, I wouldn't but I don't know say, that's true. and I'm not speaking out of turn because I'm, I'm, I'm friends with both of them. I mean, they're not, you know, I'd say they're slightly socially challenged. I mean... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean. Okay, let's put it this way: they could not be any more different than me in terms of my personality. So, if you gave I like me them like already, a, a, yeah, if you gave me an arrogant <laughs> extrovert gobshite, then they are the complete opposite. I mean, they're not librarians, but they're, they're quite, quite quiet, De- dedicated, dedicated. I think Devoted. what's interesting actually is that I got to uh, <clears throat> uh, 
you know, with, with Sam again, um, you know, he gets, you get like everyone plays get sticking and everything else like that. But you know, his kind of playing does the talking from you don't, you know, it doesn't matter if he's, you know, the life and soul of the party. He's an incredible player, actually, a really good, really lovely guy. Um, but I think you know, it was like Tom Curry, someone that I didn't really know. I, I was kind of in and out of the squad when he was there. Um, but he came to actually DJ gig when I was in when at Bournemouth, and kind of it was really nice because the yeah. And, I, and, and, and Chloe and him and his mate were kind of were kind of backstage and just I think Chloe's a great judge of character and she was like he's he's I think so Chloe's nice he's lovely great yeah. judge of character. yeah she likes you like she so so um, and I just really bonded with him I thought what what a guy actually has been really nice to kind of develop that friendship albeit you know we're not in competition I was never a position hater so even if I'd been in the squad I was always you know tried to get on with Sam or Mark and Billy and whatever and and, and Tom and I think um, you know I think they're both really good players I think you know the way they kind of put themselves. Um, the way they train is with real intensity, and I think that they're a great pairing. I feel sorry for, as I said, for Mark Wilson because he's been a standout player for for England in that back row in that in that autumn internationals, and I think for a part in that um, in that part in, you know, in the Six Nations. I think he was he's not the most glamorous bloke in terms of of my perception of him beforehand, but. He did nothing wrong and everything right, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. So I think he's been unlucky not to be, um, you know, not to be involved. I think again, you know, Lewis kind of had his opportunities. He was given the week off, but to see to see Tom and Sam come together, actually, I love that linking play. It try. Lovely. Just it's just Can't really nice. Sinclair with a little tip on. I know, on. I know. And I thought that but was he's great. Ha- he's had that all through the Six Nations. Yeah. I think he was. I thought he was outstanding in the Six Nations. But actually, England's so. offloading game on the weekend was front, outstanding. Was, was it? It was amazing. 15 offloads. It was amazing watching Eddie Jones. You can really see what he's done in the three games. And going into the Ireland game, he said, right, we're going to play with a bit more width. We want to get the ball through the hands a bit more. And the fours was like Harlem Globetrotters. The, the, the thing with it is that when you look at England, um, you know, when Mako's fit and when Billy's fit, you know, those guys take a majority of the ball carries, right? But if you're a team and you're analysing it, 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 you know kind of where the ball's going. And these guys are getting 10, 15, 20 carries a game. You know, the one issue we've had in the back row in the past was being able to share the load or share the load of the forward pack. I think Marrow's now, and has been for a while, is carrying. You know, and he's putting that in his game. Nice line for the trial. Yeah, and high knees, mate. Unbelievable yeah. high knees. You want to tackle that? Yeah, like full Mr. Gilmore. That's, Steve that's Mr. Gilmore's jacket. <coughs> yeah. He's running through. But it's I think self reason why not to lower the tackle height. You just get one of those knees. Yeah. Oh, chin. horrific. Yeah. Um, so, so he. So, so I think he's you know stepped up. I think Billy obviously does what he does so well. But actually, if you look at some of the stuff before when when Sam was playing on the end of these Carl Sinclair tips, making those yards, you know Tom Car- you know Tom Carey. When I first met him, I was kind of shocked at how actually how big he is. Well, I was going to say exactly the same. Nah, thing. Yeah, his trunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I mean, enormous. Yeah, he's, he's and it, and but he you works. think but his trunk? But as a what is it? Nineteen twenty. Oh, he's probably twenty one now. But like as a twenty one, he's a like. Mate, no, no, he's bigger he's and tougher than you, than you think he is. And actually, interesting enough, talking to guys about S and C about who's progressed and who's kind of gone strength. You know, I think Sam, him, those boys are right up there. And I think if you put a team together where you've got Billy as a threat, so you've got you know um, Mako his fit threat. You got you got Marrow now carrying. You got Joe carrying. You have got Manu carrying. And you have got the other guy. You suddenly start as defensively start thinking what's going to happen. Yeah. Or and you've got ability like like Stinkler who, can, who runs the naughtiest line I told you about that line, that line where he ran every he ran, time baby yeah, yeah where he runs a mega line just goes he'll literally shout from the other side of the field just you're like damn it you're like Lenny Lenny Young Zay, Young Zay, I'm here, and a run just an absolute mega line, and, it, and he did it in in, uh, in, uh, in the Lions. He ran through just like every fuck the ball off the here every time, baby. It's like sinks, not NFL, bro. You've got you've got Sit to finish the, the finish the try. So I think with those combinations, it works really nicely. But I think look. You know, whatever I think the back row in England at the moment is in, is in a really good place. I want to talk to two people not playing rugby, but who does definitely deserve some airtime. Mm-hmm. Christian Wade. Oh my goodness! What is the crack with him at the moment? Obviously, he scored he that amazing touchdown, and he he did that sixty-five meters, forty-five meters catch. Yeah. Um, but he can't play. No, he can. This is the, so. This is the big so misoma, big bullshit that's going on. Okay, so. I only we, read that the other day. No, nah, so we talked about it on the show and we were like, oh, we talked about his pros and cons. It doesn't sound we like show. NFL. He's obviously like absolutely Have you, you covered this already? No, no. We talked, when you asked me when Christian Wade had signed, we did a oh, show oh, all yeah, about yeah, it, yeah. talking about yeah, him. Yeah, 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 so we talked yeah, about yeah. his size being an issue, what was going to do. So, I obviously been supporting, you know, kind of avidly watching him absolutely kill it. The thing is, he's always able to play. The, the difference he has is that he's guaranteed a two-year deal, right? So if yeah, he doesn't he'll, he'll do stay, anything... He's got a million bucks in the back pocket. He'll stay... No, no. no. Yes, no, it is. No, no, that doesn't, doesn't no, work that no, way. I've the wrong no. article as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so yeah. essentially, he's on... So he's so, on a practice squad. Yeah, guaranteed. So, so he's two guaranteed. years guaranteed. 
practice squad. But if they activate that's, him, that's the they can activate him this year and he can play. Yeah. So the point okay. is, everyone assumed... That's what I thought it was, yeah. and then I read something. No, no, just, so everyone that assumed that he's because he's on this European transfer thing, that two years practice squad, he couldn't play if he was on fire. If they choose to activate him, he can, but also, if they don't, another team can come in and activate him. So what they're talking about now, if you've seen any of the coverage and stuff, is they were like... Christian Wade first week, you know, shout out to him. And they were like, next week, we're like, oh my God, he's doing it again. Um, people will talk about this, and if they don't pick him up, if the Buffalo Bills don't pick him up, another team will come in and, and activate him. The only issue so I think... activating means getting picked in the 53-man yeah. squad. Yes. The, the only issue with him is, though, is apparently at the Buffalo Bills is eight other running backs. Yeah, and, so he's and getting two, of the, two of them have basically led the league for the last couple of years. Well, right. one of them has got the most... One of them's got had the most running yards last year or something, and then the other's got the most career running yards. But the, active, the, the issue is, is that it's so doing what he's doing. It's in practice. If you ever watch Hard Knocks, and I say it's running route, it's like running um, routes. It's like getting the practice. There's eight of them. He's actually not getting that much exposure. Yeah. So what he's doing is even more incredible because he's obviously so far down the pecking order that these guys are running, these two starters are running all the plays. He might get every fifth, sixth one going, running the route, doing it. Then rest. And if he, if he fucks up once, they won't give him another run. Yeah, for, and that's what he's getting. So then he's coming on in, in for two first touches, has absolutely killed it. And and, and it's that it's that remarkable. So, so how practice, how basically preseasons normally go is they'll play some first stringers might not even play any preseason games. They'll just get wrapped up in cotton wool. So your second teamers, so it'll be a mix of first and second teamers in your first quarter, second quarter, then third and fourth is where you bring your third strings, fourth strings. And then, obviously, he scored that touchdown in the fourth string. Uh, but still, you've got to make plays. That's all he can do. And he's made that play. And then same in the, when he when he caught that catch. And the the good thing is, I think, what they look at, not knowing that, I, not claiming that I know loads of things about the NFL, but they, when he caught that pass and then broke tackle, like yeah. breaking tackles, they always have the stat yards yards after the catch. And he's obviously broke that tackle and then gone downfield another 40 yards. But also with that, interesting enough, if you watch Christian, when he breaks those tackles, A, that's mega to do with. And a little, to catch the ball, not, one of the best things about when he played 15s was that he was able to uh, sidestep without slowing down. So he does that little shimmy, goes to the tackles, and then he actually broke infield because he's not used to having blockers. If he'd stepped on the outside and used his blockers, he would have scored a touchdown in the corner. He'd have had a wide receiver and, blocking on his inside. And that, yeah, and that's the thing. That's the little nuances that you don't necessarily... I mean, I actually know what NFL I do rugby. But that's the little <laughs> nuances that you that you don't pick up on. And it's like, you know, that's what he'll get better at. But but to be honest with you, what he's doing under so under so little practice is 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 amazing. I and mean, he looks like he's having the time of life. It, he looks, looks more and more American. He's got the old <laughs> Wesley Snipes. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's so tight. looks like he's... he's Gone in there and his fellow teammates yeah, but that was, love him because that was the amazing TV. thing was the the whole thing of and how many people came up to him and the fact that he didn't know that he had to leave the field almost when he was going ballistic but I then the everyone on the touchdown was the going post mad as well yeah. you see the arc of his run what people didn't realize about Wade because he's quite a quiet character he's, he's like a folk hero in so many teams you know he he actually you know in that Lions thing we did it with his Afro oh. going, before <laughs> that was interesting he did that and everyone was like what a boy. First thing Stuart Lancaster did when he came in was bollock him and told him he didn't like that that yeah. setup. Well, the rest of us were like, what a fucking hero! Like, what, yeah. what, what a guy! So yeah. he got told to say that was a bit of a sketchy start for him with the under under Lancaster's regime. But um, for, from my perspective, every team you go to, everybody loves Wadey, and he's like a cult hero. He used to literally bowl around with his Beats pill, just playing <laughs> tunes everywhere he goes. He's like the atmosphere. He looked like he didn't care. Always but smiling. All Always smiling and yeah. so caring, but would, would would absolutely smash it. So I could not be more pleased for him. Go, you good thing, go, Christian Wade. And, these, um, these mats are really annoying. They are really every, time, every time they get um, We have to also just talk about Sir Benjamin Stokes because why not? Fair play. Do you want to talk about where you were watching it? No, not really. <laughs> okay. Semi um, highly illegal. Just as a, an elite sportsman watching an elite sportsman go to work. I mean, God look, I've watched damn, it. it I, I actually, I was, I was sort of semi-listening to it, um, but then sat down and had to watch the whole 76 runs, of which he scored 75 or whatever it was. And it was just incredible. And uh, it's quite interesting then reading the article about Leachy when he came in, he literally got told what to do. Yeah. Get through this over, first over. Five, his and, first one, five over, and one, five and one, five and one. And then I'll do, the, <laughs> I'll do the rest. And literally tonking sixes and... But what, I mean, what's coming around as well for him as a bloke, though. Have you that, had a, Go on, sorry. Well, I'm just saying for a stoke, like for all that stuff he had to do what he did in the World Cup, 
And so then, twice in six weeks I know. is, and then just and just just to kill it like that, I think it's so great. I think it just shows the, like, like the power of his character. I think obviously what he is in that changing room, how they all love him. I love his like Instagram captions, like fuck brackets. I, I, I know I'll probably get fine with this. I love Test cricket yeah. or whatever. I just think that's, that's, that's awesome for me. And Joffrey Archer as well, like yeah. what he did in that something and the way he's just yeah. been absolutely battling them. But my best, the best bit all this week was that Nathan Lyons, <laughs> that obviously probably one of the biggest golf shites ever. Yeah. Right. And and I've obviously. A big, big, big gobshite. But you know, if you live by the sword, you've got to die by the sword. Yeah. I love Shane Warren coming out and like you know giving it to. It's like well, Shane, you want to fucking relax, mate. Like it's a bit of heat. Like if you can't take it, then don't give it out. And, and Lions <laughs> the same thing. Like getting all upset because he fumbled that thing. Well, that was that was, uh, that was Goffy. Goffy obviously knows Lions, and, and literally on Talksport on Monday was literally. And Nathan Lyons, you're a gobshite, talk all this. You dropped the ball, mate. You basically <laughs> dropped the ashes. And I was just like, it's one of those things. They talk about how brutal banter is in cricket. Clearly, they don't mind getting into each other. And, and yeah, you know. Well, I think I we, it, we, we rode our luck, but we deserve, like the way he was playing, he deserved to ride. And also, listen, even if we went on to lose it, whatever, whatever. It, 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 it would have still been a great innings. You know, it'd still be yeah. great. It'd still be a great thing. And I think if they had oh, given him out of LBW. But also, if you, if you look at <clears> it, you know, see the headlines, my favourite was in Australia. In the headlines, uh, you know, third test all important. Uh, Stokes is out, so it doesn't matter. And it's like, <laughs> what? Mm. You can't, you can't. Like, what, what? What other press in the world would get away with doing that? We would never yeah, do that because yeah. we're too polite. We like hating our own sports people, <laughs> um, which is a fact, by the way. But you know, they, uh, but they <laughs> love to. Fact. The actual fact. That's a fact. You Only once you've built them up to the top of their game. Yeah, yeah. What you pump the tires up and then mug them off and burn the whole place down, claim that <laughs> the whole thing's rotten inside and out. And then ideally build them back up again. Yeah, yeah. it's like I told you there was that time that. Um, uh, Retallick, you know, we got interviewed for pre pre England versus New Zealand, and they went. Uh, so, you know, who are you most looking forward to playing? It's your second row partnership, and he went Michael Laws, right? <laughs> so, our English press were like, boy, you know, the old character of the New Zealand guy, you know, could get his name right. All is forgiven, yeah. Right? I guarantee if I went, yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's like uh, when Ben Cohen went, Shane, who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Burgess did... Um, and he actually just didn't hear who the guy's yeah, yeah. name was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But if I did that, imagine I went, oh, God. Scott who? Really excited Shane, to play that uh, like Colin Retallick. <laughs> English arrogance doesn't even know all blacks. Like, that's what our press would do us in the eye. Yeah. But with them, it's just character building and a bit of fun. That's what Dan Carter admitted after he played Scotland once. He was asked in the pre-game press conference, you know, what do you think of your opposite number? And he's like, um, I I just I worry about all of them to be honest with you. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I spread the load. I did, I did well, at least he did it in a way where he, yeah. I can't get done. I did a sidestep. I did a Q and A post an All Blacks game once with Israel Dag and Corey Jane, and I promise to God, and they're lovely people, legends of the game. Had no idea. Had fucking no <laughs> idea about anyone. They they I, and that, do you know what I took from it? Not arrogance. I took from no, it. Why, focus on your own game. Exactly what I took from it. I said, why do we, as an English team, or as anyone, spend so much time worrying about the opposition, learning and being so respectful? These boys, it's like they've never even seen a, game, yeah. a, a tape. They spent all week working on themselves. So I was, per- personally, I was, I'm always bitter when lads <laughs> get away with shit like that. But I'm like, oh, if I did that, I'd be dust. But the second thing was, they, all they're worried about is themselves and running through the moves. And that's all, like, when we go back to meetings, they're like, well, we're playing the All Blacks this week, we're going to do the Hucker, and they're going to do this. It's like, can we just not bother about worrying about what they're going to do and just, mm. just absolutely be awesome make at sure what we're, we're going to do? And make sure that we're good at what we do. Yeah. A bit like Saban. Well done, Saban. Just before we get to this week's perfect port, a couple of shout-outs. First things first, Tins and I, and you were, uh, wearing some very smart Help for Heroes shirts, which are available to purchase for any Help for Heroes fans out there. Um, all funds go into a very good cause. You do rugby for heroes. Yep. Different branding, same purpose? Yep. Helping military. Helping the military. Through Everyone likes helping the military. Looking very smart indeed. Yeah. Uh, these are available to purchase next week. Do you want to tell a little you, bit about nice people about the merchandise? Yeah, so the merchandise, we have taken many hours to design it, and we've now got a variation of T-shirts, vests. And, then, uh, and as you can see from this one, all you can see is teeth. Yeah, very, very much so. I'm if serious, if, I get, if these get knocked out in Bellator, be doing me a favour. So that's no <laughs> Cheapest entry I'll ever have. Um, I think the disappointment about that is that they've gone with the image of you wearing your sunglasses as opposed to the one of you in the scrum cap, which is where you gave the I'm a serious operator yeah. quote. Yeah, can I just talk about it, though? So what we're going to do with this, this and I don't want to put... Um, words into Joe's mouth, but actually what we're going to do is we're going to do a limited run of each of these merchandise because they should have that prior place. We don't want every yeah. Tom, Dick and Rugby Norris walking around with them because, frankly, that's weird. So um, we're just going to give a, a selection out to people and, and then once it's out, once it's done, it's done. 
Okay, it is time for our perfect point. This week, our weekly test in 119 half seconds, because that's how long it takes to pull the perfect point yeah. of Guinness. I'm looking to go this week. It is looking forward to Hask on this. No, Who no. would you back in a Bellator cage? Hask, you haven't even started, so there's a piece of paper oh, and a pen. Tins, would you like to kick us off, please? Okay. One. And apologies to all front row nosers. I don't know loose heads and tight heads, so I've just picked names. Case Muse. Because? Uh, actually, no, Julian White, because I know he is a tighty, uh, would be... So be three. He... Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Right. So, Case Muse, stuff. International World Cup winner, yeah. and with... Still gets confused yeah, around righty-tighty and loosey-lefties. Um, Case Muse, yeah, um, because... Basically, is like the mafia of New Zealand, and uh, Reuben Thorne, also known as the suitcase, because he got carried around <laughs> in the New Zealand team. Um, <laughs> he was being a little bit of a pain in the butt one night out and Case Muse basically just looked at him and gave him the nod to sit down and he sat down with no words spoken so I imagine he's tough no yeah tough um, I've got two uh, I'm going to go with who's your hooker I'm going to go with Graham Dorr Oh, horrible. Graham Dorr once came in to do an English scrummaging session and was just so gnarly. And his hands, it was like, <laughs> they were like... Going in reverse direction. Yeah, they were like yeah, spiral, like, like corkscrews, massive <laughs> sausage mitts just r- for ripping and tearing. Uh, Julian White would be my other as, prop. Uh, as hard as everyone says he was? Just ridiculous. He was called Dino for Dino... Mark Regan called him Dino Bab because he was literally like hitting a dinosaur. He literally, you could punch him in the face as hard you want. He didn't even notice. He Love just. That. Um, he said to me one. Uh, he said to me, "What's your?" We were talking about what's your ideal game, and he basically said, "Well, I don't touch the ball, and I just hit some boom." Right. So yeah, in it to uh, win it. In at four, his best mate Danny Grucock, strong, um, literally serial killer slash black belt in karate slash absolute madman. Uh, five, Brad Thorne. Good pretty shout. Sim- pretty similar to Danny Grucock. Great um, voice as well. Uh, yeah. Voice way down in decibels. Good. Anyway, keep going. Yep. <laughs> Super stuff. Uh, six, Carl Fern. We've all seen him knock someone out on Good. CCTV. On CCTV, um, yeah, like that. Yeah. Seven, Andy Hazel. Um, if, Good. Google. If, if Gloucester against. It, Mont, Mont de Massin. Mont de Massin. And you'll see him acting like... Uh, a prehistoric ape who's <laughs> battering someone. Yeah. I'm sorry, Hazy, I know that you hate that, but you did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you did do the crime, you've got to do the time. Exactly. Um, eight, I, I did write Book Shelford, but then I've gone Henry to Alangi, because um, basically... Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, basically. One more Buck Shelford. Scrotum ripped but, over yes. in Nantes in 1986. Yeah. So he got stamped on his scrotum. His, they his, ripped uh, open his testes. Yeah, the same joke. They went yeah, off. Yeah, same as Joe, but he carried on playing. He just put a new pair of pants on. He, they taped him back up. They popped gaffer tape round his bollocks, popped his shorts back on he and went, went back out to play. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, but is that clever or, or just stupid? It shows commitment like, I, I, to the I, I remember when, like, when the first time I got, like, I got like a cut and they wanted to put like six stitches in it and I ran off. And they're like, oh, we do have a set. I was like, just do it. And I was halfway through doing it and I was like, oh, this is just really painful. And then I came back on and I was like, it just opened up again. I was like, I bloody love rugby, but I'm not sure there's that tough about it. <laughs> By the time it was like re-stitched open, I was like, I don't understand. I've the kind of been really bolt. tough because I got stitched up without it, but I've also been a complete like moron. John, it's like John in the 97 living with lions. Just, just put some stitches in it. It <laughs> goes straight back out. Well, they staple gun my head, didn't they, after that, my first Lions game. So the first time I played in the midweek, I was lifting someone and some Muppet, classic fucking second row, just elbowed me in the top head to split my head open. And the Irish doctor, great guy, was like, oh, we'll just put some staples in that. I was like, fucking hell, these Irish are mental. <laughs> like, what do you mean staples? Like, these stitches? <laughs> Why are they staples? Office yeah. supplies. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I rolled in and he was like, that. He goes, oh, yeah, we'll need to do that. And he pulled out a staple gun. He just went, bam, 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 stapled my head, put a bit of tape around it, sent me out. I was like, fucking, oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. We're going to keep going. Nine, um, Byron Kelleher. Um, Good. Very Now speaks English as a goose. in a Kiwi accent twanged with French. French. Very hard to keep up with what it is he's trying to say. <laughs> Ten, Byron Haywood. Uh, played for Gloucester. Ten, absolute legend. Used to be a boxer. Uh, famous story about him and Chad Eagle, uh, who used to play <laughs> rugby. Uh, Chad Eagle tried to start on him. Within a second, Byron Hayward had hit him about 15 times and uh, Chad Eagle was lying on the floor and he leaned over and went, Chad Eagle, more like Spread Eagle. Oh, oh you can't buy that. You you get that guy on the show. Get him on the show. Uh, uh, ele- 11, Liam Williams, the uh, the scaffolding scrapper. scrapper. Yeah. Um, 
12 gone similar Kevin Mags, the flagstone fighter. Uh, hard as nuts. Which nuts? Um, 13 Drico obviously beat up Austin on that Lions tour, He's, but he'd be more very much. Put up Queensbury, yeah. Queensbury. Um, fourteen. No idea how hard he is, but Simon Gagan, because if he, he'd probably try and throw a punch against you and he'd hit you with his knee uh, or his <laughs> or ankle. Him, we or got, on that basis, Peter we should Buxton, get Peter Buxton, yeah, in there. Literally, Peter Buxton would cripple you without knowing it by accident. And then at fifteen, I've gone Brian Lima, the chiropractor. Oh. Strong. Oh, what, what? Did you ever get chiropractor? He chiropractor me once. Uh, Bath versus. Um, Oh, was it Bath or was it Gloucester? Gloucester versus Bristol when he was about 52. <laughs> uh, and I made a line break and it was a two-on-one. And one way you think about... There. That's a lie. <laughs> you didn't make a line break, bro. I did. Yeah. Maybe it was an offload. Yeah. Um, and I went through, it was two-on-one. I thought about dummying and I was like, no, he'll definitely tackle me. What I didn't know is he literally turned me inside out and put me on my head. Oh, uh, but right we scored, too. so um, in my winded state where you try not to act... Injured, I was like, mate, we still scored. Good shot, good shot. No, I just went, mate, we still scored. Right, Hoff, Idiot. You, you've done this in 30 seconds. Right, oh, okay, so, so it's not a great good start. The first, the first one was that, that prop that banged out Tom Young's, uh, used to play for Northampton Saints. Sessi Marfu. okay. They didn't, he didn't actually bang out Tom Young's. Though, no, Tom Young's rode that punch incredibly well, but it was just an annoying little uppercut. I think Brian Moore, purely because he's just, I reckon he's like a Komodo dragon. If he bit you, you just die three days later as some yeah. bacterial infection. He's a raving lunatic. Yeah, I, th- I think he would rely on that. I yeah, I, th- I, I don't think, think he's got much behind I don't think he's bar. got much behind him at all. I think he, he, it's because his eyes revolve in his head. He looks mental that you think he is. I think he'd just bore you to death. Yeah, potentially. His, or, yeah, But I just reckon he'd latch onto you. He'd just bite you and you wouldn't be able to get him off. Um, Leota. <laughs> Keep going. Either okay. Trevor Leota. Oh, yeah. A Trevor Leota oh, just because he's shout. a machine. Julian White because Dumb. he knocks people out for fun. Um, I had Martin Johnson just because, again, you know, the stories of the old Leicester days. And also knocking out Lewis. Knocking out Lewis, yes. just punching people. And also, those Leicester boys back in the day just hit first, ask questions later. That's you know. why his nose was being worn around his ear yeah. for many years. <laughs> Absolute sausage fingers as well. Big leather mitts, Jono. Shawzy, the strongest human being I've ever met. Six foot nine. He'd definitely be a grappler, Mate, wouldn't he? he would... He, if he got you... And you could keep you. It's no escape. <laughs> it'd be like one of those Gracies. He just he'd be in. He'd be in you. You, you know what he's he's, he, he would get you from behind a bear. He'd snap your spine. Um, <laughs> keep going, keep number going. six, Chris Chesney. Right, Ooh. he was at. Um, he's now a close protection officer. <laughs> he's 134 <laughs> kgs of lethalness. Number seven, Chris Alafia. Uh, oh, what an there. absolute machine! Like Gareth Delve. Dad was uh, a boxer. Yeah. He was a boxer. Yes. Uh, so handy. He's again one of those things where you see these like fights online, you know, rugby fights, uh, and it's normally just an absolute shambles or some late Judas come and kicks you in the head. He's the one there where people are throwing punches. He's slipping punches, moving and just banging people out, and they're like piling up as he's on the back foot. Number nine, Pete Richards, only strong oh, half of the cauliflower yeah, nice. ear. Uh, you know, used to smoke twenty tabs a day. Uh, <laughs> Horrific bloke, arm guard. Yeah. I remember, you know, we used to do a, a, under Gatland the old offload drill, minute drill. Pete Richards. So minute drill was three guys in suits, three guys in suits, three guys in suits. You work as a group. Pete Richards would be in there, forearming, smoking people, offload drill, just picking contact, crash balling, horrible. <laughs> Did me in the throat once that with an elbow. I fucking thought I was going to die. I just hit the deck. And I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, sorry, Hess. Like, just flicks a fag in his face, my face and walks off. Um, ten, Carlos Spencer. Mm. I think. Mate, unbelievable rig on him. Um, like, I reckon he's got some talent. Apparently, he's quite handy as well. Okay, yeah. fair play. Number 11, uh, Elvis Sivarili. Sivarili. Yeah, how you pronounce it. Same thing. Uh, apparently, you know, really lovely the nicest guy in the world. But the switch, again, Good you're night. burying people. Uh, number 12, Sam Tuatupo, just a human weapon. He hit me so hard Round once man. that he sent me into post. I've talked about another show where I, re- I made a line break, unbelievably, when I used to be able to be a bit more mobile. Got a ball off Richard Burkett. Thought, this is my moment, ran. He hit me from behind the side, knocked me fucking that way, <laughs> robbed the ball on the floor, like folded up dead. But I was like, uh, John Wells did the analysis. was like, what could you do on better there? I was like, nothing, John. No, there's nothing in the world that could have done better. Like, could have held off the ball, be more tough. I was like, you get hit by Sam Tuatupo and see how fucking clever you are when you, when you didn't even see it coming. Not that I'm bitter, John. We should we, get John on the show. We should we? actually. Please come on it. I'll absolutely love you. I actually learned more from him about back row stuff and attention detail than any other coach ever. Is that right? Yeah. I'm Break his that. fingers. Break it. No, that, well, that, I wasn't part of that record. That was just a, a quiet Tuesday morning. Um, Manu, 
I mean, the punches he landed on since Chris Ashton were enough to kill anyone. Well, surely he doesn't get in there. He doesn't no, even... no. Or does Ashton get in there? Ashton's Ashton like Homer Simpson, <laughs> where his whole defence is just taking punches. And he's like, until he gets against uh, Ellis Genge, what was his name? What's his name? Um, uh, Dredrick Tatum. Yeah. yeah. Or a.k.a. Ellis Genge. Right, Dredrick Tatum. I mean, pretty much... Ashley should be in there until he got to anyone who knew what he was doing. But he took so many punches that his head should have caved in. Manu, I mean, he's one of those, you know, if you ask the boys, they're quite quiet, unassuming. When you've got three, four brothers, five brothers, that are the size of minibuses with faces, and you're bottom of the pecking order, Thomas you know that then when they're over in, in Samoa, they're doing a bit of scrapping. So he knows what he's doing. Josh Lucy, horrible bloke. Horrible, like, he hit show, me to, to play against or just... No, nah, no, no, yeah. lovely guy. But he's one of those people that you'd have to shoot him in the face mm. to stop him coming. Mm. He would, eyes, gouging, horrible. Responsible for one of my worst nose breaks in rugby. Yeah. Is that right? Mm. Mate, he's, you know. Just full on. Caught me full smash in the face. Mate, he, he's terrible. He knocked out Sippy so hard oh, yeah, that Sippy yes. was out for six minutes. And, and when he woke up, I, I thought he'd done his ankle again. He was on the floor. He didn't wake up. He was snoring. And when he, when he woke up, he honestly didn't know his name or where he'd been or anything. So Josh, horrible. And then I had 15 Liam Williams. A, because I said the first game I played against him. Never, I didn't know who he was. They didn't know what, you know, hadn't really paid attention. Got a, carried a ball. He tackled me, got up, elbowed me in the head, jabbed me, kicked me. All right, boy, you fucking prick. I was like, <laughs> what are we doing here? And after the game, I said, mate, you're right. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you want someone's like, no, 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 relax. And then subsequently I got no on the line, so I, I recounted the story. He was like, yeah, mate, I, I've, been, I've been scaffolding two weeks o- earlier. I've been like, you know, I've gone from whatever Welsh division it was to there. I thought that's how they played the game, because obviously in Wales, lower divisions, it's all a bit tasty. Yeah. So it took him a while to adjust that you couldn't tread head, butt, elbow, stamp <laughs> on someone. So that's my team. I think in, I've done turn that around in 30 seconds. I'm pretty impressed. Well done. 30 minutes. Um... I'm going to fly. Well, I've been told to move on, but I just want for the culture vultures out there. Yeah. Robert Paparan Board is back on my oh loose my head. God. Brian Moore, Richard Lowe, Rodburn Cudmore in my second row, Jerry Collins at six, Jason oh, Forster at seven. Nice. Tough nut. Issa Tolamaka at eight. Yeah. Mike yeah. Phillips at nine, Henry Hannibal at 10, and I've built the bat line around the Tulangis. Mm. Freddie Tulangi at 11, Sonny Bell at 12, Manu at 13, Alessana Tulangi at 14. And JPR mm. at 15 for those Do you know what I like, like about your, your teams? And all that There's a whiff of culture and the old It's school. so niche. It's like when Rickerman last week put in Keith Wood into our team about our absolute banter team. It's like, I'm sure in 1945 it was a great thing. <laughs> That's it for this week on House of Rugby, brought to you by Joe, together with our very good friends at Guinness. A quick reminder that you can download or watch Liquid Football with Kelly Cates from all the same places you get your House of Rugby. On yesterday's episode, Wayne Bridge explained how to get a double bonus out of Roman Abramovich. Very special episode of TKO coming out on Thursday as well. Carl Frampton back for the first time since the disastrous injury in Philadelphia. I'll be able to give you a tip or two. <laughs> uh, he and Chris Lloyd will be joined by the legendary 87-year-old promoter Bob Aram, Muhammad uh, Ali's Bob promoter Aram. no less. Have you yeah. come across him? No, never met him, but I've read a lot Ledge, of things. Ledge, yeah, Ledge of the Ring. Yeah. And possibly the best boxer on the planet, Vasily Lomachenko. What a boy! I'm quite he looking is. forward you know? to that fight. Yeah, I watch him on. It's on is it this Saturday? Yes, I watch him on. Um, uh, is it this Saturday? He's highlighted this Saturday. If you if you don't know, what it you're is this about, Saturday. Lomachenko, watch Jack. him on YouTube. He honestly does stuff that you wouldn't think is possible, and. It's like he's in front of you, and then my best bit is he disappears underneath people with movement, and he's punching him in the back of the head just to remind the guy where he is. I watched that fight against Crella, was it? Was it? Yeah, Anthony Crella. Crella. I was just like, wow. He's got no chance. He's covered up, and he's thrown a punch at the front, and then he's over at the side, just with the movement, mate. And then he's back inside, he's thrown it up up his guts. It was like. We've gone way over time, but it's nice to be back. It's nice to be back. Make it longer, make it longer version. Welcome home, welcome home. Thank you for listening. We are back next week. See you soon. You've been listening to the House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.co.uk for the facts.